Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and I am so excited to be joined once again by Jackie and Matt. We had a ton of stuff to watch this week. We watched The Mandalorian Chapter 12. We watched Princess Switch Switched Again, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey, episode five of The Undoing, and we started watching Industries. So as always, lots of spoiler alerts, spoiler alerts for pretty much everything I just said. And then we also talk about major Rise of Skywalker spoilers in our Mandalorian discussion. So if you, again, somehow haven't seen it by now, sorry, but also maybe not the worst thing. And then just a super quick synopsis of all of the holiday movies we watched, just so you have a, an idea of what's going on. I don't think you actually need to have seen them in order to understand this discussion for once. So for Princess Switch, Switched Again, which stars Vanessa Hudgens thrice over, the story is when Duchess Margaret unexpectedly inherits the throne to Montanaro and hits a rough patch with Kevin, it's up to her double Stacy to save the day before a new lookalike, party girl Fiona, foils their plans. And then for Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, a rich and nasty woman, Regina Fuller, returns to her small hometown after her father's death to evict everyone and sell their land to a mall developer right before Christmas. I'm telling you, holiday movies are sponsored by big malls. And then for Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey, set in the glorious, vibrant town of Cobbleton, the film follows legendary toy maker Geronicus Jangle, whose fanciful inventions burst with whimsy and wonder. But when his trusted apprentice steals his most prized creation, it's up to his equally bright and inventive granddaughter and a long-forgotten invention to heal old wounds and reawaken the magic within. And then finally, if you are not watching Industry on HBO because it is rather new, the description is, Industry follows a group of hungry young graduates competing for a limited number of permanent positions at Pierpoint & Co, a leading bank in London, while being thrown headfirst into the exhilarating world of international finance. Because nothing says exhilaration like international finance. Be sure to stick around after the main discussion because there are some follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? We're gonna start with a pop quiz. How much do you think officially licensed Mandalorian macaroons cost for a dozen. Wasn't it twenty five? But I think it should be like twelve ninety five. <laughs> it is forty nine ninety five for a dozen oh, blue yeah. macaroons from William Sonoma. And it's like go figure because it's William Sonoma. But like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, this was actually just an aggressive. This week's episode was an aggressive play to get us to buy cookies. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I, you know that I wasn't tempted. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I The second I saw that there were licensed one, I was like, go on. And then I saw the price and I went, fuck you. I'll figure out how to make these very hard to make cookies instead. Just go buy some. Yeah, else. Someone else will do it. Yeah, I'm like, this can't taste that good at this point. They're packaged and eh. anyway. Uh, but, but how do we feel about this week's episode? Oh, it was great. I had a really good time. Yeah, I um, loved it. I, I, I mean, I have one legitimate complaint and one not real complaint. My first complaint is, needs more Baby Yoda. <laughs> because every single time, show stopping, like show stealing, I was just like, I don't care what's happening with the action. I want to see more throw up. I want to see more like being on a tiny roller coaster. I want all the, I was like, where are the gifts out of this episode? That was my first. And the gifts of him in the fire plane, while well, he was in the regular and roller coaster action, I want. And I also like him trying to fix things, but being kind of an idiot about it was so cute. Yes. I loved that really hard. I had to wonder. I liked that a lot, but I also had to wonder just from like a logical standpoint. I was like, why does this like weird shaft that only one the size of the child fits <laughs> where this thing needs to be fixed? Like who's in that ever? <laughs> Let's assume that the little droids, the annoying ones that were in the prequels that like show up with Amy Sedaris, like those fit, seem like they fit in that type of maintenance 
Yeah, I guess that they fold really, really well, but it just seems like it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I think it goes back to Jackie's question from a couple of weeks ago is like, how much does the child understand and how much has the child learned in the last few episodes? Like what course of time has this taken place over? Because before it was like, I don't understand not to eat these things. And now I'm being asked to do basic electrician work. Yeah. I do feel like he's understanding more. I think he's a troll though. Cause like all, all toddlers are trolls. Yes. They're all little assholes. Like it's it's known. Right. So he might just be doing what he wants. Yeah, I think he I think he really, really understands. And then that's what I guess this little that little part did throw me a little bit because I was like, well, okay, we've we've talked him through getting there to that point. Yeah. Talked him through unplugging said <laughs> whatever, all these things, and then now we just can't tell him how to it's like it was just sort of like, okay, this is just to laugh at, but it's like clearly this thing understands a lot if it's able to yeah. get to that point even. <laughs> totally. But I'm here for it. I don't care. I'm not. Yeah. Could yeah, I, care? I, I was like, okay, but I was like, more, more. Someone pointed out it's very Baby Groot esque, where we got, you know, the kind of like, don't hit the button, plug the things in. Then we also got the kind of throw up moment. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I love them both. So. I mean, I loved him stealing the cookies. Yeah. Was that asshole not offering a cookie to the cutest creature on the planet? I don't understand. I mean, as someone who loves cookies myself, though, I kind of understand the like, I don't know you. Why, why should I give you a cookie? These are my very expensive William Sonoma space cookies. Yeah, Jackie, those cost $15. Do you, yeah, <laughs> do you know what the price per cookie is at that point? It so much to get those. That I mean, baby does not have the credits for this. <laughs> he also does live in a really crappy town, so they probably yeah. have there. But the baby in school was so cute. And did you notice that when they're going through and walking into the school, there was a big statue of IG-11 in the background? I did not notice till later, but I, I love it. I saw that and the way he's standing and I was just like, where's he? Get- somebody, somebody said it had a bassinet with it too, which was... It does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our fallen no, hero. <laughs> Gina... I don't know how to pronounce her uh, last Gina Carano, really. That was my legitimate complaint about the episode. She's not an actress. Right. Her fight scenes were, were great. Like, she did, she was on point for them, whatever. Sure. Her acting skills have just not gotten better. Right. And my thing is, if you were going to have this person on the show who, you know, is becoming a more and more controversial person, she joined whatever, you know, Ted Cruz's like fake Twitter thing was. It's just, she's digging in deeper. And so I'm like, if her acting skills could match or or if her acting skills were enough to justify why we're having to put up with this additional drama around her, that would be one thing where I could be like, okay, fine, you're right. She's a really good actress and this isn't about her personality. This is about her acting skills, but it's clearly not about her acting skills. She was asked to carry this episode and could not do it. That's funny. I guess I didn't really like, I don't think she's like a great actress, but I didn't I didn't notice it in like a, a bad way necessarily. I just was like, eh, whatever. Like, but yeah, I don't know, maybe I need to put more attention. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but like it bugged me the whole episode. Yeah. I, I acknowledge that part of it for me is knowing what I know about her now going into it. I'm less forgiving of it. And then yeah. the, the worse she is performed. But I also think objectively, she did not carry the dramatic moments well in this. Yeah. I, I, I did like her little friend that she rescued. I was I was about to have rage when that ferret thing, that little weasel <laughs> was like going to get killed. I was about to be like, why are we just having to kill all these animals in this show? Like, what is this? Like, why is this a thing in this show? 
And then uh, when she rescued, I loved that fight scene, which I'm usually not one for a fight scene, but when she went in and that, I loved the choreography and that whole thing. And then I liked when it was there at the end with her and it was like, I was like, oh, she's getting a little pet. <laughs> Cause I, at the end of the day, still do like the character, which is what's upsetting about it all, mm -hmm. you know? But I, um, so I like the idea of her with this tough character with this like soft little pet who's like, mommy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I thought it was cute. I do like that she's from Alderaan. That was good. The scene at the end was interesting. Cause I was like, one, I like that. I, again, only can know him as like Appa from the Kin's Convenience, the dad from Kin's Convenience. I was like, oh, Mr. Kim is back. Yay, like our space cop is back. I like that he appeared again because that's like, oh, okay, cool. These kind of usually disposable characters are actually starting to show up again. Yeah. But then they have this whole dramatic exchange and I was just like, this is so bad. It's just so wooden and her being like, oh, I lost everyone. I'm like, that was really that okay. part. But I, funny. That totally worked for me. I didn't even know. I didn't, yeah. I just really want this character to be a real person because I love it, but I don't think she's doing well. That's funny. Is that, that's, that was one of the scenes I actually liked a lot. It worked for me in a weird way. I don't know. I didn't even notice this. So there, there are a couple other things, like one directed by Carl Weathers, which I thought was very, I did not understand why his name was on the directing list, but now I'm like, oh, okay. Like it was a fun act. He did, it, the action was fun. It was really mostly about that. <laughs> he gave us some great Baby Yoda moments. So I thank him for that. We we sort of moved the story along a little bit. This is one of those side quests that made sense to me. You know what yeah. I mean? He has to get his ship fixed, obviously. And he does trust them and he needs credit somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, well, and it was furthering the villain plot, you know, because we still haven't gotten a lot of information as to, I mean, it really wrapped that in a way, not wrapped it up, but kind of brought it to like an, oh, okay, because we still didn't know why they wanted a sample from the child. We know it's because, okay, there's something to do with this race slash the, it's a Jedi, you know, or, or can be a Jedi and has the power and the force and all that. Like we know we would, might want this for a reason that could be related to this, but I guess kind of finding out that they're cloning and doing things like that or trying to maybe infuse. Well, I read this whole thing and I really don't want it to be true only because I hate the movie. But what it looks like, somebody's people online are saying this could be how we get Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I assumed that when I saw it, when I watched the episode, I was like, yeah, this is probably how it leads to Snoke and then Palpatine. Yeah, I mean that's how you can see, you can see the the things in the background or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hate that whole movie, so like, I guess closing plot holes on it isn't top of my game, but I do think it is an interesting plot of its own, even here. Even Yeah, I don't hate the movie, but I don't like that part of it, which is, of course, a heavy part of it. But like, there are things I was like, okay, fine, it's still a Star Wars movie, I still have fun. I did not put two and two together when that first sort of showed up. I was like, okay, melty people. <laughs> like, Yeah, I thought it only because one of the... I think it was a comic book, honestly, like one of the Star Wars comics that's been happening that was taking place after Rise of Skywalker. I believe they talked about that Palpatine was actually like a clone, kind of in a way that it was like Palpatine's being is like infused into it. So it's actually yeah. not him. And I actually dislike that a lot less than I dislike Palpatine just surviving and yeah. being there all this time. So I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And so this feeding into that, if that's what they're doing, or at least maybe maybe they won't go so blatant and be like, hey, this is where that's exactly going. But maybe that we would kind of take away like we are already that, oh, there's the science, if you will, behind how that worked, then it's cool with me. But at the same time, it's like, I don't, I don't know, it doesn't bother me the thought that whatever is, is going to end up happening is going to connect to these, the new trilogy in a, in a lot of ways only because we know that Gideon and, and all of them are you know of the empire and so it's like we and we know the first order is born out of the empire so it's a thing where it's like it, it would make sense that like if this is people from the empire that that's where we're going you know what I mean so like yeah I would think if if we weren't going to go there then this story would just have nothing to do with the empire but it did from right 
No, it's like. And then I guess what we saw at the very, very end, I couldn't tell because I was watching on a pretty small screen and it was like dark, but I guess the, um, the soldiers at the end are a reference to a Star Wars game called Dark Forces in 1995, which I did not put that together at all. But I was like, are these people? Are they droids? I don't know. I, they seem to be important the way they sort of panned back on them. But I was like, okay, it's a, th- it's a thing that yeah, I'm supposed to know. But I don't. Dark Troopers or something, which yeah. I think were in a game. But, yeah, Phase indeed. three dark trooper droids. I think it's fun that they keep having little Easter eggs from, you know, random stuff like the 90s video games. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, like a, a nerd show off moment for them in, in many ways. But yeah, and I'm excited to, I guess it seems, you know, we're getting back to Gideon, Moff Gideon more. And I, 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 I read a little interview where uh, Giancarlo was kind of saying that, you know, he doesn't know. He knows what he's filmed but doesn't yet know kind of where it lands in places in a way and it's that kind makes of sense. yeah he doesn't know but he thinks that in future a future season he might be a even bigger part if he you know so it's that kind of thing where it's like you know he thinks that they're just trying to keep so much under wraps and kind of like they want people to be surprised about things every week here on out so it's like it's exciting to think about where they could go and it's like but it's also you know kind of like talking about feeling a little bit of disappointment here or there if we're talking oh we're going to go into the emperor or whatever it is that it's like it's exciting, but then it's also dangerous, dangerous territory. Yeah, yep. <laughs> we start getting reveals there, <laughs> you know. I like it when it ties in enough. It just I happen to hate that plot, so it's just annoying that it exists anywhere else. I think some of the joy of the Mandalorian is that it was really back to basics, right? It's just like okay, mythological people who can do whatever it is. You, you've got these people with a cause that they are very dedicated to, with blindly almost in many cases. It seems like. And then you've got, you know, evil out there and that's, that's it, right? We don't have midi-chlorians and we don't have clones and we, I mean, we do have clone troopers, but like. I would argue that M count stood for midi-chlorian count. Oh, that 100% did. But, but, but I think this, prior to this episode, it had been back to basics and it's like, it doesn't need to over-explain a lot of things, but now we're sort of, I mean, it does sort of the lore of the Mandalorians, but it does it in a very, what feels like in-character way and now we're sort of getting to when star wars hits the science side of it and it's it, that's where star wars the the prequels especially sort of fell apart for me where it's just like oh yes your blood is full of these things i'm like i don't i just want to be like a wizard you know this is where i want yeah. the fantasy part of the face epic yeah and it's funny i didn't the midichlorian thing never really bothered me all that much only because even though yeah it's a like okay we're getting into like we're trying to make it science because it really wasn't science fiction before that it was just fantasy you know i could get why it bothers but at the same time i'm kind of like eh, well whatever if it's like to to have you know to be a force wielder if you will that that's one of the things that kind of shows up in your dna then like whatever you know like it didn't really bug me too much i wasn't too weirded out with it explaining it but yeah i just think i don't want to get too far into weird trying to explain convoluted plots that didn't make sense and they got a lot of flack for in earnest i like the concept of midichlorians and that's like okay theoretically anybody could have this high count right but what then frustrated me is that we only focus on this one very small group of people that all, you know, we focus on the Skywalkers and then we focus on eventually like spoilers, the Palpatines in that. I'm like, if you're setting this up as theoretically anybody in the universe could have this, right. show us more of the universe, you know? And then and then the way, they, the direction, they set this thing up and I was like, okay, I'm with you. And then the direction they took it is what I got frustrated with. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's part of it now that it happened, part of it feels like it was bound to happen, but the other part feels like it's like, oh, well, you could, you know, it's like, you kind of, yeah, I get it. You you thought like, oh, you were going to take this 
other places. You yeah, know, it, it did not add enough. It did not add enough to me to sort of justify all of the sort of additional complications it caused versus just being like, these are people who you can use the force. Like everyone was satisfied with that explanation for her four, five, exactly. six. Nobody was like, somebody explain to me how they have the force, please. Right. right. So people, they feel the need to explain too much and then it gets right. a little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over, over, under, what are the odds on us seeing Ahsoka Tano in the next episode, do we think? I think we're going to see her. I think we are. I think either it might be like the end of the episode, but I think we're going to see like a hint of her or something. I hope it's not. It might just be like the back of her head or something and it ends or something like that. But like, yeah. I feel. I, I kind of like want, I want, I want a tease. I won't lie. Like I, as much as I want to see her, I would enjoy like a little tease of her and then we get her again. I'm starting to feel like they're going to drag it out and like that's going to be the big long reveal of the entire season. Yeah, it just better not be like just the last episode. Like it better, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm exactly. starting to brace more, for. Yeah, I want yeah. more than that. So hopefully- At least can. now ship is fixed on the road again, or mm-hmm. you know, what you would call it. Yep. Uh, so it's like barring something else happening in space, the next stop is where Ahsoka is at least. So it feels like maybe, you know, who knows what could happen. In <laughs> but yeah. at least it's like, you know, this episode, it made sense. I mean, the ship was been, has been falling apart. So it mm-hmm. makes sense. We hadn't, we stopped, you know, so like, okay. But now it's like, you're going to need something that's actually going to interrupt things to kind of do another sidebar before we get to the planet at least. Because I can see some, at some point, I don't think it's just going to be like, let's land there and then we're just going to see her. There's probably going to be something about, I'm looking for her. Can you get me there? And there's probably going to be some secrecy shrouded around who I'm looking for. So the, ma- the the methods of finding her, I'm sure, will be maybe at least an episode or two's worth. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I think we're getting her soon, but I, I don't want to be... No, I'm starting to feel like... I just the like... Universe re- reissued their um, spirit jerseys that let's say Hano on them. Not that merchandising means a whole lot, but... It can signal things too. Well, I think what's, once they announced that they knew she was coming back, like that's, I would start pumping that stuff out yeah. immediately <laughs> if I were that much. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like they could show us literally like the end of one of the bits of her head thing at the very end of the season. It'd be like, doesn't matter. Everyone buy the thing. <laughs> like she's coming. <laughs> they showed her. I think they will show her this season. Like I, I firmly, yeah. but um, I'm, I'm starting to feel like, especially because they gave us whoever the hell they gave us, be it Boba Fett or be it one of the clones or be it whoever in the beginning, they are yeah. now going to hold on to this card. But we shall see. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I this is one of those seasons of a show where I do genuinely feel like, you know, this happens when I'm just excited when I'm watching something sometimes, but I genuinely feel like I'm enjoying every episode even more than the last. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm coming out of it just like, holy crap, I love that, you know, yeah. so much. Yeah, I look, I mean, I looked forward to it before, but now it's really becoming something that I'm yeah. like, obsessed with and these yeah. we, we talked we already mentioned that you know this was this was very action sequence driven but i i cared in every sequence mm-hmm. i was full in and i and as someone who you know we talked about before like that action has to be you know sometimes that's where i zone out <laughs> oh we did some victorian chin i was excited victorian chin i call it victorian chin you know how in victorian times you used to show like the ankle Oh, <laughs> uh, we got we got a little Victorian chin action. Yeah, we did a little little Mendo chin. I was like, "What are you doing?" You softy, softy. He's a softening in front of the child, mm-hmm. and he, I think him figuring out that like other people yeah, yeah. religion aren't as like intense about it might have softened him. Picking him a little bit where he's Yeah, I think I think he's probably crazy. grappling with the practicalities of I could have lived my life <laughs> much <laughs> easier way and still yeah. have like my, yeah. you know, convictions. Yeah, I could take this off. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? But I was I was very the tantalizing chin was Yeah. 
Do we think it was Pedro Pascal's chin or do we think it was the stunt double's chin? Yeah, I wonder. I was hoping it was Pedro's twin. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. Imagine being called to set like for one day and be like, we, we need you to show your chin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was talking about this episode quite a bit, I, I saw, and like on Instagram. Uh, and stuff I think he was uh, I, I get the sense he was on set. There was there was yeah. a photo of him. It felt um, like he like was excited about this one. And I feel like maybe that's because he was there. <laughs> but it um I saw like a fan or someone made this like really cool like retro poster for the episode. Mm-hmm. He posted it and was talking about and tagged them all and stuff. And like, I, I don't know, I feel, I feel like it was him. Yeah, I mean, he had, I think he was there at least least one day because there's a photo of him and Horatio Sands who is a character who by the way annoys the bejesus out of me in his first introduction like when the show st- that's who the show started with and I was like if this is going to be the show I can't handle it stand him, yeah. and so thankfully when we carbonated him I was like oh thank god and now to bring him back but they brought him back in a much more muted way and so I was like okay I know they were so yeah. mean to him I was like <laughs> I, was, I was laughing but it was like you know I was convinced he was gonna sell them out I was like and I I'm like actually kind of like like annoyed at him that he didn't do it I thought he was gonna die. I thought he was gonna be our disposable character. Like, yeah, I thought maybe he'd die, but I was like, I didn't think he was ballsy enough to do it, to sell them out or anything. I think he was like, I think they were being mean to him and he was just like, uh, you know, like whatever, I'm doing what you're saying. I'm like in your employee at this point, you know? Yeah. I liked the little comments he made about not still not having his vision back <laughs> all the way from, yeah. the, from the carpet freezing because we know that from Han. Yeah, cool. that was kind of a fun little Han shout out. There was that like ridiculous little like essentially I, I assume is the equivalent of peeing yourself when he first shows up and I was just like this is some lowbrow humor. Oh, I was into it. I was I laughed. I love I love when they show like peculiarities of different races mm-hmm. um, on the show because i think i don't know that's part of what makes star wars interesting yeah for sure and in the classroom they talked about a um a maelstrom which i thought was kind of exciting because i know a couple it's been in comics they've talked about a, a like a maelstrom like in space or whatever but i know that there's also like they do it in, in solo that's there's a big thing too it's a right. different i just like that they were talking about things and i was trying to listen to what she was saying because there were all these little like terms that were like oh i've heard that before <laughs> it was just fun i like the. i thought the classroom was fun i thought the idea of having a, a teacher who's programmed to just teach them all these different, you know, like very efficient. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I love, I mean, the show, you can tell it's made by people who love Star Wars. And so yeah. that's really exciting. So even if like, I'm not happy that we're going to be tying up plot holes from things, I do trust that they are going to treat it in a, in a good way. Because I just feel like they have earned that, you know. Well, I don't think anybody who's made a Star Wars movie to this point, be they George Lucas or, you know, whoever else, or, or, you know, any Star Wars, anything, has gone into it with bad intentions. I think it's more a question of their ability to be self-aware. And this is clearly a group of people who are self-aware about where this should fit in the Star Wars universe and have a vision for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so far, it it doesn't feel, even if we're going, and again, I, I kind of feel like if we're kind of explaining more about Snoke and Palpatine, it's not going to be so blatant, you know what I mean? But even if it is... I feel like we're not really straying from the path that was initially planned yet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like we've gone off some end of like, oh, now you're just trying to service fans, whereas before you were you were totally just, you know, I feel like if John Favreau and other, you know, creators sat down and were like, let's map out what six seasons of this thing look like. I'm sure it looked a little different than where we're at now, but I feel like it's all pretty so far feels authentic. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm excited. Yep. We are going to take a quick break and be right back. Speaking of clones and twins and all of those things, <laughs> I would like to know what the explanation in the the NCU or the NCCU is what I've started to call it, which is the Netflix Cinematic Christmas Universe. 
is for <laughs> how Princess Switch switched again can justify there being three identical people, but being like, oh yeah, they're cousins. And nobody's like, um, y'all exactly alike. That was my most favorite part. Triplets do exist as a triplet. <laughs> sure. But we are a people. But who she was not a triplet. <laughs> Granted, they are not triplets apparently in the show. Right. So by process of elimination, they should be. Right. <laughs> by by <laughs> all accounts, they should I be. Thought, yeah, my... Like we should have figured out that dad was a hoe. You know what I mean? Like we should have figured out, you know. But, well, even so, they all have different moms. Yeah, not even kids. That's the thing is like, I. it's like my most favorite thing about it was like, I, I remember, I, now I haven't seen the first one in a year at least. So, you know, I know Dan, I know you just watched. Oh but God, I just watched. I just remember when they first came across each other, it being very like, jarring for them both that there was someone who looked so like her, like they're like themselves, you know, like, like it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like. No. I don't remember the explanation. That's the thing. They did not, like, what I was expecting was like a parent trap moment where they're just like, oh my God, you look exactly like me and you like feel each other's face or something. But they're just like, huh, you look... And it's it's just sort of just kind and of, it's kind of it's just kind of like you we gloss we gloss easier. yeah we gloss are past willing, it. Are you willing to make my life easier? But there's like a moment of realization that we look like each other, right? Well, and yeah, it's but it's where it's like very fast. If I saw someone yeah. who looked exactly like me, I would freak out. I oh, would flip yeah. out and be like, "What has yeah. happened here? Am yeah. I hallucinating? Am I in an experiment? Yeah. What did my parents lie to me? You know, like a million things would pop through my head. Not oh my god, I have to get this coffee stain out of my apron, which is how they oh, first yeah. me. No, I would, I would, I would as well. But it's like, you know, you, you did notice it that someone looked like you. And then I was just kind of like thinking in this one, you've grown up and you had this cousin your whole time and you've never once thought that you had to look like each other. Like it's like, it seemed to be not a thing for our, one of our main characters. And then the cousin got the bright idea to do it. But it's like, it was just this thing where it was like, it was like, why were you surprised you saw someone else who looked like you if your cousin's identical to you as well? Like it's Yeah, like, your cousin who you were close with. Like I don't- precedent people just look like Vanessa Hudgens in this universe. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many more there are running around. <laughs> well, we'll find out in two years when Princess Switch 3 comes out. <laughs> Did you two enjoy this one? As much as I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, <laughs> in, a, in a very like, this is a, this is a really uh, good time with my wine. Edible before watching. Okay. And laughed through, yes. So I watched them both very, like I hadn't seen Princess Switch before. And so I watched it to <laughs> brace I, You definitely needed it. You know, the plot was so. You couldn't have known what was going on. Yeah, oh, and there was no way. Well, but this is my thing. I was like, okay. The first one was dumb, if so dumb, but I could see how there's some whimsy, there's some fun. It's like almost every other, ho- when I say holiday, it's really Christmas because again, you don't see like Kwanzaa or <laughs> like Hanukkah movies, except it's, for- It's like the Hallmark thing, you know? Right, but there's always like a romance at the heart of it more often than not, right? So I'm like, okay, that's something that I can cheesily sort of connect to. And so the first one I was like, all right, fine, whatever, I get it. This one, I was like, this is like a plot about political intrigue that is so convoluted and complicated. And there's like kidnappings and all this stuff. And I'm just like, where's the fun in this? Yes, there are funny, what are meant to be funny bits, but there's no romance. I don't- It was a romance. They were getting together. Yes, but it wasn't like the same as the first one. You know, the first one I was like, okay, I could see how these characters are being- Honestly, I got such a kick out of the the evil blonde one. Oh my God. Good time. I loved her. She. Yeah, watching just, Vanessa like, Hudgens try to play that role was uh, so it's so painful to me. It's so painful. 
yeah she had a you know it was very that was that that part was that idea was entertaining for me however yes the movie honestly should have just done without that entire subplot and just done just been about trying to get the two back together you know yeah, <laughs> like that, that would have made sense like this whole the whole third switch edition was, i get that they're trying to be like ambitious with it but i was like this has taken all the fun out of this and i don't find this yeah if they had to switch so that she could have some time with her guy or whatever then that makes sense but we didn't need the the kidnapping subplot Right, the political intrigue of the, the we're gonna rob the whole like. And then my other favorite was by the end of it, it's like the cousin gives her like sob story about like I always wanted to be like you and blah blah whatever, and like she gets her like sentence reduced. Meanwhile, the prince is in the dungeon. Yeah. Her, the dungeon, she says, take it yeah. to the dungeon. And the two friends who just helped orchestrate this woman's evil plot unless they got absolved as well or just serving their full sentence. No, they are they got disappeared. They were definitely like <laughs> they were executed. And then <laughs> one who was responsible for the entire thing. The prince, I get it. We had to be like, oh, let's make him bad. Well let's but not forget he's not he, a prince technically. Well, right, right. The, because the then prince. there would have been a whole other power play that right. I'm like he was very Hans of the uh, Southern Isles and he he his whole thing, I get it. He like decided to go along with it and amplified it a bit, but it's like he got the blame for all of it. <laughs> but she's just doing community service and got to attend the inauguration with her like her patrol officers and stuff yeah. I'm just like wow <laughs> do we think i don't actually know the answer to this but do we think this had a bigger or smaller budget than the first one Ooh, i feel like it had to be bigger but it looks small be yeah because small. i was like okay we've got we've got the crowd scene with like the whole orchestra choir or something like there were there were more crowd scenes in this one mm -hmm. that was like okay but i feel like we must have I think the first one must have gotten access to the nailed it kitchen or something like that because the whole thing is around the baking and they have that competition in this the whole thing takes place in a tv studio which i find ridiculous but this one the baking competition this year is held on like a tiny little stage outside <laughs> it's like well mine vanessa hudgens uh she had to get paid more and she's playing three roles this time that's true she i wonder what the sag sort of requirements are if you are thrice appearing in a <laughs> three roles in the same movie you know yeah I Good for Tatiana Masoli, not necessarily for, for Vanessa Hudgens. Yes, there are very few people. I just, she can't act without smiling. Like even when she's supposed to be sad, she just smiles. She's, she's, she's a pageant forget. queen, I think. You know, she's that child star. Oh, who, Lord. You know, they get pageant queeny. They just smile and talking about everything listen I, I i can't say that next time i watch the first one i won't also watch the second okay <laughs> it's probably gonna be one of those things for future holiday seasons. it's not bad enough to skip i don't think i i firmly I disagree it might be but i would not skip it personally <laughs> i would be see i would be willing to say if you are into this sort of thing fine the first one it's fine like go ahead the second one is trying so hard to be something that it's not that I just like, don't do it. Just stay with the first one. You're fine. This didn't add anything new. The like, you know, if you're in this for the romances, the romances didn't really advance. I do like that she wears the pants in both of the, <laughs> like the three, I don't even know. Um, you know, but both the Vanessa Hudgenses, Hajai, uh, wear the pants in their relationships. But there, it just, it was completely lacking in that ridiculous sense of kind of joy for me, that like shamelessness almost. Yeah. Well, I can see that. It, try, it did try, it try to be too complex. 
Yeah, I get that. Oh, with the 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 royal couple from. The oh other. yes, sorry. That oh, yes. Yeah. Did you remember seeing them? Yes, I did. That was the only thing I liked about the movie. I screamed at that. I was, I was like, like, oh my god. Oh. Yep, they there. Like it was very like seeing like Rapunzel and and Flynn or Finn. <laughs> Finn, I don't know, Flynn, 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 Flynn uh, coming to Elsa's coronation. Yeah. <laughs> it it really cemented the whole you know universe. I was like, oh, so you're creating a, a holiday universe here, so we. I had no idea it was a full universe, and now I want crossovers. No, um, so I told you it's the NCU, but because I I can't remember which one I watched. There's another one I watched that references one of the made up kingdoms, and I was just like, oh my god, I cannot. Really? Yeah, they, they, like she's like, I got an ornament from, and then it's one of the made up places. I don't um, know. Someone has to have made a flowchart about this somewhere. Right, and then and then there's another one in which they're watching the. There's like a movie with um, Rob Lowe and. Yeah, they're watching Christmas. Oh, and then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. In, in Princess Switch, the first one, doesn't she watch? I feel like I, you know, I'm, I know I'm the one who most recently watched it, but she watches a Christmas Prince, and Amazing. she says it's her favorite movie. So I'm like, does that imply that a Christmas Prince is a biography about this fictional couple? And that, couple. Yes, that, that is the leap that I would take. It's, I, it's I would not be surprised at that, but because uh -huh. basically then they show up at her wedding and I'm like, does that mean that they were, is it a documentary? <laughs> is it Christmas Prince a documentary? That's deep. That is deep. That's, that's important. Or she's so rich, she hired the actors to come there and pretend to be them so that they Ooh. can be there for her wedding. Yeah. It's her favorite movie. It is her favorite, yeah. I mean, I probably would do that, to be honest. Like, if I was getting married, I can't tell you I wouldn't have Viggo Mortensen try to show up as Arwen and everyone. But now that they were at the wedding, I just really want a crossover. I mean, yeah. I would not be surprised. If, how many fictional tiny kingdoms can we keep making up? Because there's the Princess Switch one, mm -hmm. and then there's the one from the, the one that... Okay, so there's the one that the, one of them marries into. There's the one that the other one is the Duchess of that then becomes Queen. So that's two within the Princess Switch universe. And then there's a Christmas prince has like Dova or something. Yeah, that's, that's not actually what it's called, but they have their own. That's like, yeah, that's Princess Diaries, <laughs> I think. Oh, yeah. And so, but basically, you know, then we've got this other one. So it's like they keep creating <laughs> fictional European. Look, I'm, you know, I didn't know that I needed, you know, a princess switch and a Christmas prince crossover, but now I want one. I mean, we already sort of got one, so. But I want like a full story talking to each other. So if we were going to do a whole crazy political intrigue plot, that should have been it. That would have been. Way cooler. Yeah. In fact, in the second or third or whatever it is, Princess, no, Christmas Prince. God, this is getting so confusing. The other franchise, there's a whole plot line about like another kingdom and as well, because they all have to template around that. So it's like, why couldn't you have brought these two together? Give us the, princess, really the Christmas princess switched Honestly, again. Yeah, it should have been them coming to the country. I don't remember which one that was, but I think it was the second one. I don't know, I don't remember. The bad guys came to their country, right? That was the second one. Or they, were, they weren't like the bad guys, but they were like somebody had a truce with that they had to re-sign. Right, and then they couldn't find the paper. Right, because like somebody really hit it. Because, he, you know, you couldn't do it without that paper. That's it correct. It would, and then it was also women weren't allowed to sign it, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I remember that. That was interesting. That, was, that could have been, been Princess Witch. That could have been, exactly. I'm just saying, if we're going to do this, let's commit to it. I feel like, I feel like they're starting to, and I'm, I'm into it, you know? I'm here for it. But yeah. You know what I don't want to happen is I don't want Jingle Jangle to show up. So... That's the distinction for me. I was like, okay, so we watched Princess Switch Switch again, and then I will fully acknowledge I did not make it through Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square or Jingle Jangle because I was just like, oh, these are flat out Christmas and there is not a lot 
more for me to connect to here. Like the other ones have that sort of dumb romance plot line. This is, Jingle Jangle has more of a, again, sort of convoluted plot, but these are Christmas. Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square is a Jesus-y Christmas movie, which I was not, or uh, musical even, was not expecting that I mean, level. I would even go as far to say it's almost an opera. There were so few lines. It was very limited, very limited. Yeah. There's not a lot of dialogue in that one. But you know, I really appreciated a heads up. Like I, I guess I don't know. I should have maybe known. I didn't watch the trailer, but I would have really appreciated that. Like if someone would have told me that I should be under some sort of influence while watching it, right. it would have helped my experience. I I thoroughly enjoyed it because I was like, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, every like seven eight minutes or so, I would just say out loud like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but I feel like Ollie on the cloud was a particular high point. There's some Dolly imagery I will not soon forget. Her standing in a cup holder of a car. Oh, her, now her, I feel like I have to go back. because Her with wings um, in the church, like at an end with wings. I mean, like, I, 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 mean really text, I texted Matt and I was like, God, I wish we were watching this high. <laughs> because, you know, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. It probably will. Uh, we'll watch it high together and probably be the best movie we've ever seen. Mm. I will say the first sequence, which you definitely saw, mm-hmm. you know, when she's the homeless beggar. Yeah. Dolly, I legitimately, like when it first, because her, her face is lit so differently than her body. In yep. Yep. Reason, I thought they had put her head on someone else's body. And I was like, oh, that looks so terrible. And it turns out it was her body. It's like, yep. you see her. She had this like weird soft lighting glow around her and everyone else was just like sharp in focus. <laughs> it's just... yeah, it, was, it, was, it was really jarring to figure out that was really her body. I couldn't get over the sets in this film. Looked, I, I guess I also was surprised to see that it was at one point, it's a stage play. I didn't know that it was ever a thing. I thought this was you know, honestly. And it was quite alarming to see the, the sets. And I was like, well, this looks like it is on a stage. It didn't ever, that, there was no point in time where I felt like they were in a real uh, outdoor area. I cannot tell if you were kidding whether or not it was a stage play. It said based on the teleplay and blah, blah, whatever. And it said up for the stage. Yeah, it was all these things like before we were starting. Oh. I misread. And I was just like, wow. And. It felt that way while watching it. I felt like, wow, it, it kind of feels like... Well, I thought that they just wrote it like a play, but I didn't actually... Yeah, it was wild. It was a wild, wild ride. And, and, you know, sorry to spoil story points for you, Dana, but one of the things that really just puzzled me was... So, like, you're cool getting spoilers, Dana? Oh, yes, I'm very... I. So, we get to the point where we find out that Christine Belansky, who I love... Who will do anything, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I, Christine Baranski owed Dolly Parton a favor, I think. Yeah. If Dolly asked me, but, I would. Oh, oh yeah, totally. I mean, Dolly's the savior of us all. Dolly got us a, a yeah. vaccine, you know? like True. Yeah. And so she ends up being, it ends up finding out that she's the mother of the pastor guy. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so there's this whole thing where she got pregnant. So she she was into the guy who was the one guy who owns the, the shop of like oddities. Kind of, store that she made fun of. Sorry, I'm straight in front of. And so she was really into him. And then she sees him at a dance and then thinks he's with somebody else. So then she goes and just finds another guy. And then she gets pregnant really young and the guy skips town. And she learns that the guy, the guy she was into wasn't actually into someone else. She was just misunderstood, but whatever. She's pregnant. She got, she has the baby and her father, who was just running the town and owned everything, took the baby from her and forced her to get up for adoption. And, and so she never knew what happened to her child. So she finds out eventually that it's the pastor. And there's this entire, like, yo, I, I got a mother today for Christmas. All this is awful. And oh, so this, no. and, 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 but, but my whole puzzling thing was, I'm just like, okay, 
I get, okay, they end up forgiving her for being this Miss Scrooge lady she's being, whatever. She ends up not doing all the things she's doing. And it's like, they've forgiven her, but they're all like idolizing and like kind of making this man, her her father, his grandfather, this like deity of this town. <laughs> but he's horrible. Like he like stole her child from her and like gave him up for adoption and then never told the child. Like he, the guy's like, yeah, I used to see him at my ball games and all these different things and just never knew he was my grandpa. But that's but the why grandpa, he, but the grandpa knew that that was the kid. Yeah, he knew. So he was like watching over him in a way, but like just not letting him have, you know, it was just it was bizarre and it was just kind of like why are we but we never at one point like vilified this man he was still like the god of the town you know yeah. even though he had done that it was like oh she had a baby in a time when the town down couldn't accept that and everything and it's like well no her father couldn't accept it he's the only problem here right like, it was bizarre but i was like you know what jolly is okay with it i'm okay with it and i was just like this is fine so watch his wife whose name i can't remember i you know i was so annoyed because she's she was full figured which is great, but then they just like covered her in blankets. Like at one point, she literally had a blanket around her that was like pinned to her shirt. It's called fashion, Jackie. It's called fashion. Pins were, and I was like, oh my god, she is not that big. Let's not cover her. Just you know, they had her covered basically the whole time. So. Apparently, she's in like every Dolly film. Is she? Do we yeah. know what her connection is to? I mean, I thought maybe friends. I don't know. <laughs> but like maybe, but yeah, maybe she's somehow related. I don't know. But the acting across the board was pretty troubling. But <laughs> most people in it were decent singers, though. Oh, they were. So I was happy about that because usually we sacrifice the singing for good acting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fun story. The man who plays the pastor is named Josh Segarra. Yeah. He was on the show I used to work on for Sesame Workshop. So like, I know who he is because I worked on a kajillion sequences that he was in. <laughs> and it was like a singing show about superheroes. And Lin-Manuel Miranda did some of our music before he was like, I mean, he was still Lin-Manuel Miranda, but it was before Hamilton had come out. Yeah. And so I, I have seen more of Josh Segarra's face than I ever need to in my entire life. He's a very nice person. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see him in something, I'm like, like oh. and no, I just start singing the songs from our uh, kids show in my yeah. head. And I'm like, no, no, can't. If you had watched this now, you might be singing the songs uh, from, from this film instead. Yeah, I do not think I, I do not think I would. Like, uh, all hail Dolly. I think she's an amazing musician, songwriter, human being. But this was, the second they were like, something, something, you're, you know, you passed her. I was like, nope, I'm out. I can't, I can't do it. It's just, it's too Christmas for me. I loved the resist Regina regime. Mm -hmm. I, I made it that far. Yep. Yep. There's the witch of the middle too. The middle witch. Then they had a whole song about she called the witch of the middle. She wasn't the east or the west, but she was the middle. Oh, good. She was in the middle marker. And this, this is for the middle. This is definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think that's funny. It's what I thought of. I mean, again, all hail Dolly. I agree with it. But what's funny is this is an example of a film that, I mean, it got like a $10 budget, but it, it literally <laughs> got greenlit and got given that budget because it's Dolly. Because this, yep. I just don't think this could have been made otherwise. Yep. <laughs> she got it done for us. <laughs> you know, so for us or for her? For, for a couple of us, you know. For somebody, know, yeah. For two thirds, you know, two thirds majority. She got it done. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm grateful to her for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild because I also, I watched, I just watched Here I Am, which is her documentary, which is also on Netflix. I don't, I, I mean, I don't think Netflix produced it, but it's just recently on Netflix. And I was like, oh, Dolly's great. Uh, you know, her, won her foresight in retaining the rights to some of her songs 
was the smartest thing she ever could have done. And two, just like, you know, existing in a world that was really dominated by men, particularly in like the type of music she's doing and then nine to five and all this. So I'm just like, I just respect her so much, which is why I was willing to watch a movie called Christmas on the Square, but couldn't. She does have some country roots, so. And you know, I I liked that doc as well. And it's fascinating because she's kind of the, the original, one of the originals, I guess, in show business of the one of like crafting a character and just not breaking it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's like so cool in that way. It's like interesting, but to kind of be like, I am keeping, because, you know, most people have never even seen her husband, you know? Like, yep. Yeah, I was shocked by that. Which is so cool. It's like, you know, and of course, Jane Fonda's like, well, I've met him. And I'm like, well, you're Jane, yeah. Yeah, but but Lily, Lily Tomlin was like, I don't think I've seen Dolly Parton without a wig ever. Right, but it's like, she's just so committed to like, I, this is the character I'm playing whenever there is a camera near me at all. Or like, you know, people watching. But other than that, you know, like, so it's like, and, you know, you can go into artists who have done this to a different degree, but you've got, like, your characters, you got your, you know, more modern day, the Lady Gaga, Katy Perry stuff that was happening. You got Marilyn Manson, all these... Par- Paris Hilton, who we, you know, Paris we talked about however long ago. Crafting an image, you know, that is their persona that makes them famous, but the person is not actually, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's so cool, but and then you neither of you finished Jingle Jangle, is that correct? Or did Jackie? I made it or? much further in Jingle Jangle than I did in Christmas on the Square, but that's not saying much. I actually didn't hate Jingle Jangle. I just didn't care. Yeah, I, I didn't actually, hate it either. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cute. I I don't know. I didn't. I it's not like I'm not the audience for it necessarily, mm-hmm. but I thought it was really cute. I thought contrary or you know. <laughs> Differing from the Dolly story here, I mean, I thought this one had a budget and I was like, okay, like it mm-hmm. looked good. We're so it, gave good. Me, it gave me kind of like greatest showman meets the whiz meets like Mr. McGorium's wonder emporium in a way. Like, and I, and I don't know, I was just here for like, I thought the vibe of it was fun and cool. And I, I thought it was just a really fun story for kids. And I, the music was fun. And I was waiting forever for Anika Nani Rose to finally sing. And cause I was like, I, she has to sing cause she's in this and it's a musical. <laughs> and then when she finally did, I did not think she disappointed. I thought that was the best song in the whole thing. I, I don't know. I was into it. I thought it was fun. I was just tired, honestly. Like, I, I thought it was good and, like, un, and enjoyable and cute. I mean, nothing I'll watch all the time, but I would never, like, if someone wanted to watch it now, I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah, I think for me, one, trying to watch it immediately after watching Christmas on, or trying to watch Christmas on the Square, I was like, oh, oh. I'm, I'm too, I'm too, I'm Christmas out, I'm Christmas yeah. out. Yeah. Um, I the cheesiest musicals you would ever get. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think for for me it it was just a little intense for when I was trying to watch it you know it's I think it's aimed at a slightly younger audience I've heard great things about it you know and so I was like I have nothing against it I I just don't think probably age wise I'm the target demographic and then also I do well I from what I could tell though I was like it's very nice to see a film that stars a bunch of people of color that's really just like not about that you know like that it was it felt no different than any other Christmas holiday budgeted musical i guess it's kind of reversing the ratio right you see like like usually it's that many white people and then some people of color but this was like that many people of color and then some white people right (laughs) and then i think the way they marketed it though it's like it made it seem like it's the black netflix christmas film you know and i was like i mean it kind of is but it's just a christmas film just a christmas film yeah Yeah, and it was totally i i think anyone could enjoy it and should as far as you know kids go i think as a kid i would have totally loved it and i uh I don't know. I just, I appreciate, yeah, the sets and the design of everything. And it was just, it was just like what. I had some care and thought, and it, you know, the songs were better than Dolly's songs. 
sacrilege. How dare you? Yeah, I was like, eh. <laughs> um, but the, the, the costumes I thought were gorgeous and so beautiful and the sets and everything. So it had really good production value too. Absolutely. It was a, it was a well put together film, but I, yeah, I, I think for me, as like a not Christmas person. It just didn't have the stuff, you know, the stuff I was looking for in terms of other things to latch on to. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would I would say if you if you don't if you don't ever go back and watch it and you want to check any part of it out, I think that the song Make It Work, which is what Anika Nani Rose eventually sang, but she did it with Forrest Whitaker. I and th- this is an unprecedented year, who knows, but I would not be surprised if they were to put that up for best original song. I'm not kidding. I, I would not be surprised either. I thought and I thought the 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 sequence was cool and it's like the song was the lyr- lyrically and everything, it's cool when you when the two characters where they are on their in their movie journey and everything, like they're talking about make it work and it's to do completely different things, but they, they think, but they each think it means something that it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like to the other. And it's interesting. It's uh, I don't know. I thought the way it was put together was nice. And the dance numbers are fun. I was like, I could totally see this being an Oscar contender, not for the whole film, but that song. Oh, I was like, ah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this is the song. <laughs> but I would say like of the three, especially if you have kids, it's a good one to watch. Absolutely. I, I think it's I definitely like, for sure. I think I would have had more tolerance if I saw like a kid enjoying it, you know, like for me personally, but like, oh, I can sit through this because like there's something else for, I don't know, maybe I'm just a Grinch. But no, no I mean, I, while watching it, I fully did not, I mean, again, I like plenty of films where I'm not the audience, but I was like, this isn't made for me at all. Right. But, except for the fact that I guess I, I like a cheesy Christmas movie or a holiday film. I, I also, as we've talked about with these Netflix Hallmark Lifetime ones versus, you know, the well, Netflix being like Princess Switch and that kind of stuff. I, I hold holiday slash Christmas movies to a completely different standard than I do right. movies throughout the year. There's just something about them that's just like, it's fun and, you know, there's heartfelt, sad. some of them are very sad, some are happy, but I just, I'm, I'm a lot more likely to like a movie that's centering around the holidays or Christmas as a plot than I would if it didn't have that as the plot. Right. Whereas I'm the complete opposite where I'm yeah. just like, you get penalized immediately if you say the word Christmas at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that makes no sense. So. I'm not even the biggest Christmas person, but I definitely do hold them to a different standard. I just like the cheesy, whatever, happy factor. But, you know, I'm the girl who's been, I've been reading romance novels since I was 13. So it's not any big stretch for me to enjoy a Hallmark Christmas movie that is like really, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Trite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's why it's so interesting to me that I, I think part of it started as I took great joy in amusement. I, I got hooked for, because of the first Christmas Prince movie, because I saw some BuzzFeed article that was talking about how, you know, Netflix tweeted out to like the, you know, the 40 people who've watched it every day since it came out. Are you okay? And then like a breakdown of the plot of Christmas Prince. And it was so absurd that I was like, I must watch this film. Yeah. I just absolutely have to. And then, you know, got sucked down this wormhole of all of these ones with like absurd plots. I watched one where a snowman comes to life. Oh yeah, I think I've seen that. Like not Jack Frost, like a full on, she falls in love with a snowman. That can, I, I was just like- Oh, I've watched the ghost romances, the I ones, and there's so many, like, yeah. Like half the time I'm laughing at it, not right. with But I'll only watch the holiday ones of those. Yeah. Even though I, I hate other holiday movies. And then I, I will not watch regular holiday movies. I don't, I don't watch regular Hallmark movies. I only watch the holiday ones. So for some reason, the holidays being involved. No, but I'm saying I won't watch regular holiday movies. If you're an earnest, like high budget holiday movie, 
generally speaking, I don't want to watch you. The bad ones you're like, yeah. The bad ones I'm like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Put them in my veins, except for maybe Princess Switch switched again, which was a little too much for me. Because I think it stopped trying to be, you know, it it starts to try and be this other thing. Totally. And then I feel like both Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square and Jingle Jangle Christmas are actually trying to be very earnest holiday movies. And that's where I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, you know, this is not going to be again. No, it's an important distinction because I was going to say, I mean, I like the earnest holiday film as well. But yeah, it's like when you look at the the really not earnest ones, those are the ones that like if this, again, if this was just a rom-com that existed in June and nothing with Christmas, you wouldn't catch me watching it ever. So it's right. like, it's very interesting, the decision. But yeah, I don't know, Christmas is my third favorite holiday and this is my second favorite time of year. So I'm just like, you know, <laughs> it makes me feel happy. Well, I'm glad at least two of you found joy in this. <laughs> I will, I will in my... <laughs> And then the last thing we watched this week is The Undoing. Yes, we did. I'm very ready for this. Much like Princess Switch Switch again, I was ready <laughs> for it to be over when it started. <laughs> you committed this much, you got to finish it. But yeah. yeah. Well, I have to finish it. It's just, you know, and it's so funny because we were talking about like how great it was. They didn't feel they needed to do 10 episodes. Well, this was a filler episode if there ever was a filler episode. Yep. We did get one plot reveal, I guess. But again, it's this right. twist ending where they're just like, surprise, we're going to force you to watch the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's your reveal. The funny is, I, I'm, I'm ready for the show to be over too, but I actually enjoyed this episode much more than three or four. I enjoyed this way more than, I enjoyed this the most since the first two, hmm. um, personally. I, I, maybe it was the courtroom stuff and it was like, you know, I think there were a lot of badly written parts and things here and I was like, oh God, you know, but it's become standard in this show. The story devices, I guess, were just kind of, in this one, I was more intrigued and I'm kind of like, I knew that reveal, I had a feeling that reveal, that type of reveal was going to come at some point because I was like, at what point are we going to say, oh, maybe the kid did it. But um, it kind of got me back to being kind of like, okay, because now they're making it so clearly like, probably not her husband, not, you know, the, the murdered woman's husband. Mm-hmm. And it, signs are pointing to Hugh Grant more and more and more to the point where then we're like, oh, maybe it's the kid or whatever, where it's pointing to it's someone in this family. It felt like we were getting somewhere kind of more. Whereas the last episode felt like it was just trying to like convolute the plot in a weird way that I was like, we're, this is just trying to, trying to divert us. I was just- definitely happy that we got further in the plot in this one than I think we did last time, but it still felt like I mean, we figure out, I guess, that he's actually a psycho, maybe. Yeah, like a sociopath right. and that. Well, that was interesting that is, you know, that it was his sister that died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like learning more about him and then the son having seen them and him knowing that was just, it just started getting to a point for me where it was a little bit more kind of like, okay, you're trying to like actually inform about these characters who are under investigation instead of just kind of showing us these like really soft plot points about who was where, when, and just trying to just think to like care about who did this, you know, like this kind of made me a little bit more invested in that way. And it was nice to see Rosemary Harris. I didn't know that she was going to be in it. She was like Aunt May and like the San Remy Spider-Man's association. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like fun to see her. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I thought she did well. I also, I was proud of Nicole for checking up on him and not just believing the story either. So. I think. The, the big challenge for me, though, is like the more they revealed in this one, the more I'm like, you needed to plant this earlier. Like the whole dog thing coming back and that's how we introduced that he killed his sister is ridiculous. The kid should have been talking about a dog or, you know, in every episode that should have been some, you know, something you reminded it of us or you should have talked about the mom earlier or just anything to not have everything have to feel like 
a Shyamalanian twist, you know, like, just like, suddenly this is the thing, suddenly this is the thing. And also then what type of terrible psychologist is she if she doesn't know that her own husband is a psychopath? Right. That's yeah. <laughs> She's supposed to be some sort of great psychologist, so. Which, yeah. but that also leads me to believe that they're like maybe trying to hold out and be like, just kidding. She actually knew this and then was a 10 steps ahead and you know was aware of and and she's actually the she's i feel like whatever the resolution is going to be i'm going to be so angry i can't can't imagine the resolution i want but i don't know yeah i don't think it's going to be ever i don't think there's a chance it could be something that i'm gonna be like oh wow that was great and like you know you look at something like the shot at the end here when she finds the the hammer in the son's case it's like her reaction to finding it there in my mind cannot mean she did it and is aware she did it. <laughs> you know, unless it's like, how did this end up here? I thought I threw this away in the ocean or something. Well, saying like, like it was, she was genuinely like, what the F? You know, so it was like this thing where like, if, if it all of a sudden goes back and it's like, oh, actually it's Nicole and she's just been trying to cover up this and that, whatever, I'm gonna be so annoyed where it's like, oh, so you're just, again, like I've been saying these cheap endings to just kind of be like twist and turn and then it doesn't end up mattering. You know what I mean? Like. Like if, it, if we get into the next episode and the first thing she says to the kid is like, I thought I told you to get rid of this. <laughs> and then I'm like, this what's this doing here? You know? like, <laughs> it's, ending. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like when you're just trying to trick us, it's like sick of it, but. Okay. So which would be the most satisfying ending to you at this point? If it was Nicole Kidman, if it was Hugh Grant, if it was the kid or if it was a third party. I'm not saying it's a satisfying ending. I'm saying yeah. of the options available. Most, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I'm voting for kid. I think the kid, but I've mentioned this before when we watched The Lie, which was, you know, good as well. When we watched that, this also has a lot of different echoes and parts that are just really, really like trying to me trying to do what the show Defending Jacob on Apple TV Plus did really effectively. And the plots are very similar in a lot of ways when we're going to get into the whole idea that it's like now this whole next episode, like I agree, this this should have been, this kid idea should have been planted two episodes ago because it's like how interesting, it is an interesting idea to see how if the two parents are innocent and suddenly have reason to believe that their kid did this, which is what Defending Jacob is about, what they might do. Mm-hmm to try to cover this up or divert whatever and what they might withhold and all this different stuff. It's just something where it's like, if that's what I, you know, you see the next on, it's like, she's like, you're suggesting our son did this and blah, blah, you know, it's like, it seems we're gonna, gonna kind of go there. That would have been interesting, but it's like, if it is the kid, it's kind of annoying to have just learned this information in the episode before the finale. Like, I'm not gonna be satisfied by anything, but I think- But I think that would be the one that would make the most sense and make me the happy, I guess in the way where it's like, okay, kids saw this happening, hated it, went and just in a fit of rage did this. True. Like if the kid did end up doing it, we should have known that the kid knew about the affair. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. They should have planted this in episodes ago, you know. And, and I feel like we're also trying to imply that like being a psychopath is genetic, which maybe it is. But you know, being right. like the father's a psychopath and therefore the kid's a psychopath who's been able to hold on to you know, was able to murder a human being and let his dad go through all of this court stuff 
you know, it's like, we can be a family again, right? We can be a family. It's just. They go into that and Jacob also. And that's the thing where it's like, these are so, they're, it's going to territory where it's so similar that I'm just like getting to that point where I'm just not nearly as well done that it's like, I don't think there's a, an ending that's going to make me happy at No, all. there's, we're but, not going to be happy no matter what. But. It would have to, yeah. Or one that could make me happy in a way where it's like, let's pour a cup of tea and just kind of sip it for a second would be if Donald Sutherland <laughs> did it. And was just kind of like, oh, gotta frame him, you know, and put him away. Mm-hmm. That would I make could, me. I could be into Sutherland framing him. I could be deaf into that. I, I could him, as well. He hates, he hates him for the daughter and all this, whatever, and knew he was having an affair. So it's like, I'm going to go and went to these lengths. Whereas you might be like, well, why don't you just kill him and then get away with it? <laughs> but whatever. He would rather him rot in jail and all this. I would have, I would support the villain arc there, you know? <laughs> so. They, until the kid revealed, they're making it too kind of obvious that it might be Hugh Grant that I don't think it is. See, I'm, I'm on team Hugh Grant again, because I'm like, oh, you know, whatever the Occam's razor simplest solution, you know, is that he did it, his kid knew, he, his kid wants so badly to be a family, et cetera, that he had his, he made his kid an accomplice. <laughs> Yeah. I still don't think they've explained why he ran if yeah. he was innocent. No, it's true. Yeah. I hate this show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's annoying that we're here and it's like at least it's just one more week. Yeah, I don't I don't care enough to argue about who did it. <laughs> I'm gonna vote my 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 number one happiness <laughs> is Donald Sutherland. Yeah. This episode needed more Donald Sutherland. Like he was not in it enough. It does. And you know, some of them, you know, he's, he needs to be in every scene at this point. It needs to just be his show. Yeah. Yeah. It is his show. (laughs) Because I didn't think of the Donald Sutherland thing. So (laughs) Donald Sutherland would be first. Kid would be second. Okay. I think I would hate a fourth person even more than I hate the idea of any of these people doing it. Yeah. If it was just some, or even if it was Lily Rabe's character where it's just like, she's been gone all like absent and stuff and then we're just gonna bring her back real quick it's like it's got to be one of these people if it's just someone out of out of the blue that we couldn't have just guessed or had reason that we should guess at this point then it's just such weak storytelling that i can't i wouldn't put it past them at this point i know i really think i'm going to but i would really hate it i i still think the most dissatisfying answer to me would actually be nicole kidman oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, that would be bad too Uh, because we said from the start like if she is one of the you know if she Blacked out, we're going to be pissed. If she yeah. if yeah. she was playing us at this point, I would be so pissed because I'm like, she's doing such a bad job of it. Because <laughs> like, yeah. you can't have both her and Hugh Grant trying to play us, right? Like, that's just, uh, I can't wait for it to be over. I can't either. Yeah. And that's the thing is, again, I wouldn't have loved it, but I would have been okay with her doing it and trying to frame her husband for it if there weren't now so many scenes of her like, acting surprised when no one's supposed to be seeing her and stuff. So it's like, she's not performing for anybody. Right. Finding the hammer and the kids thing. Kid wasn't even awake. And she's like, what's this? She's like, oh my God. And she's like playing it out. And it's like, so what, who's she performing for at that point? If, unless it's, <laughs> unless they're trying to say she's performing for the kid, which I'm like, nope, we've gone too far. Like he was asleep, but also like, and he's, but the kid would have been like, what the hell is that doing in there? <laughs> you know, instead of being like, like, you know what I mean? If he didn't That's not a violin. <laughs> Wait, what? Why is the violin under my clothes and stuff? Like he would have, you know, maybe he will say that. I don't know when we see what happens, but. What's angry now that you brought up the violin? I feel like we talked about the violin more than we talked about the dog. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've been like, oh, if I do well in my lesson, I don't even know. Also, a random question, but did your parents go into your rooms at that age to pick up? Because if my mom had wandered into my room at when I was however old he is, I would have freaked out. 
and be like, why is there a person in my room at this point? My mom might have got in there when I wasn't home. I but don't not know, asleep. Like, but not when I'm like in bed sleeping ever. Never. Like that, Never. Fr- that freaked me out. Yeah. No, it's weird. Like nobody should ever come into my room while I'm sleeping to pick things up. Like right. it's just, that's creepy. not. It's just a creepy behavior. Yeah. Maybe she Honestly, is a psychopath. I don't know. Maybe they set it up true. properly. But yeah, you shouldn't do that at any age because it's like, you know, if they're young enough to where you are cleaning up the room, you probably don't want to wake them either. So it's just like, you know, like you don't want to wake a sleeping baby or a toddler. And then like, yeah, when you're older and they're aware, it's just, yeah, just don't walk in people's rooms. It's just weird. Yeah. It's just a stupid TV thing or movie thing. You know, they just right. do. I was just like, I don't, I don't know anyone in real life who. Who's doing that. But, but I also am like. It's, maybe. it's like the pajama set thing where everyone in movies wears pajama sets. And I, you know, I'm not saying that I haven't worn one ever, but the majority of people sleep in whatever they're wearing or something bigger than that, but normal clothes. Are we talking about like sexy pajama sets or are we talking about those like matching like, like flannel? <laughs> yeah. All of it. All of it. No I agree. I, I firmly agree, but I'm just like, I bet you. Everyone wears ratty t-shirts to bed. That is what everyone does. Pretty much. Yes. I always think that's funny in movies. It's just like this thing. Everyone has cute pajamas. All right. Well, we will have to see. We will have to see what happens. We're on pins and needles, people. You pins. Know? I, I truly am. This is one of the few shows where I'm just like, I just need to know what happens because yeah. I need it. To, I need it to be done for my life. Yeah. Like we're gonna, regardless of what the outcome is here, just end it. <laughs> As someone, so I did not watch Big Little Lies all the way through, and yeah. I didn't watch whatever the other like on on the spectrum of these shows. Is this the worst one? Yeah, I think. We're talking Big Little Lies season one, season two, and this. But uh, and little fires everywhere and like this whole genre of okay, yeah like lady crime <laughs> I call it like I, I never watched Big Little Lies season two so I could, I don't know but I would say I'm gonna say yes of in recent memory for me because the ones that come to mind are what you just mentioned and then Sharp Objects on HBO with Amy. Oh, Adam. I didn't finish that one either. I loved that one. I loved Little Fires Everywhere, like hardcore this year. Like really loved it. Big Little Lies season one, I loved. Season two, I enjoyed enough, but it was an example of, you don't really have a lot of story. You're just kind of riding on the fact that people love season one and then you're adding Meryl to it. But it was, I was entertained the entire time. I got through it very easily. I was much less annoyed with it than I'm annoyed with this. But I guess I'm, when it, when you come, when it comes down to like learning things and the mystery, or whatever, I, I am more weirdly curious about what the answer is here than I was about any answers in season two of Big Little Lies. But quality wise, Big Little Lies 2 only, it suffered from not a good enough plot, but it wasn't like poorly done in any other aspect. This feels poorly done in certain ways, you know, to me. Sure. So that's my long-winded answer. Just because <laughs> <laughs> this is the only one I, I but it's, it's strange to me that I've managed to make it through this one, but not the other ones. Maybe it's because we're talking about it weekly and stuff, whereas like, I don't know, would you have continued it if we weren't kind of like discussing it like this, you think, or? I don't know. I, I feel like I would have, but it's also, it might be the timing, right? In that it's like, okay, well, there's nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I remember we talked about kind of it not really being for you, but did you watch any of Big Little Lies? Yeah, yeah. I watched okay. um, three yeah. or four, no. I want to say. But then, yeah, I don't know. Because if you watched that and it didn't grab you enough to care, then yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Hard to say, but I, I got to say, I mean, I'm, I love Big Little Lies, but for me of these of these shows, I think Little Fires kind of takes it from me. I really loved that. It was it was really good. I really, really loved it. I will, I will have to watch that. I really like it. It's by Celeste. Um, 
Yeah. It really goes in on more like social, like social, like political issues, just kind of like facing privilege versus not privilege and, and all these different things, but it goes deeper in all these different ways where it, like it really confronts a lot of awkward things kind of head on um, in a way that I just really responded to. I really liked it. But yeah, I think for me, the biggest struggle with that one is I don't like Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I have, I have had discussions about this with people. I, I like her, but I do think that she kind of does the same thing in everything. She plays yes. the same role. Yeah, and- I like her. She plays the same role, but in this one, at least, it's making fun of that person. I just don't know if she has enough self-awareness for that to connect with me at this point. Like, I don't, I don't know if this point I'm like, I don't feel like you're in on the joke because you keep doing this role. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. And I, that's kind of where I land where I, I like her totally fine. She doesn't like bother me, but yeah, I do think that she's uh, a bit of a watcher pony. I think she's good at the role, but I think that she, it kind of, yeah, I guess to a point where this character in Little Fires very much felt like, almost the same exact character as in Big Little Lies. <laughs> where well, and then, and also like morning show, you know, she's got this character where it's supposed to be her like breaking yeah. out of that stereotype, but she's not, she's still playing yeah. the exact same yeah. thing. Like yeah. her range is very limited. And I, look, don't get me wrong. I love Lily Blonde. That was a perfect role for her. I thought she was amazing. I can't even think, what's the other one she's in? I mean, I love one of, I mean, this is unpopular by a lot of people, I think, but one of my favorite films ever is Cruel Intentions. <laughs> and and I wouldn't say that necessarily she's the best part of that film, but I'm fine with her in it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've liked plenty with her, Sweet Home Alabama. I mean, I like Sweet Home Alabama, that's what I was thinking of. I really love Sweet Home Alabama. It's one of my favorite rom-coms. And she was great in it. I, but I agree. I, I like her fine, but I can totally understand how that gets irritating because it's exactly the same character. So. Yeah, she just has not broken out of. Well, when she goes away from the, the comedy slash rom-com world, it seems also she kind of goes into the, she's like, okay, let me do these dramas and stuff. But she's just playing a very kind of type A neurotic person. Mm-hmm. And going through whatever she's going through, but that role still kind of is just that same. It's like, I've said it about George Clooney before, where I don't think George Clooney's a bad actor by any means. I just think he's kind of one trick pony and doesn't really have a lot of range either. Mm -hmm. And obviously we know how, I mean, he seems like a very nice guy and Hollywood loves him and stuff. So I'm not saying he's not deserving of getting roles and stuff, but it's just a thing where when you're watching a film or anything he's doing, you're watching George Clooney as this person rather than you're watching this person, you know? So it's like, oh, what would it be like if George Clooney was Batman? Or what would it be like if George Clooney was this guy or that guy? And Reese is kind of, yeah, she's in She's she's very much in that. I would say George Clooney, I would say Brad Pitt for me is very much just like, he's just Brad Pitt at this point. And I think honestly, all three of them just have a charisma about them that made them stars more than- People like them in in, in you know as well as, Everyone you know. Everyone loves Reese. Every, you know what I mean? Brad, I think less so, but I, I, I don't think that he's unpopular by any means. But like no one can say a bad word about Reese or George ever. I will. <laughs> well, I mean like the people that <laughs> know. Like, in- oh, sorry. People, people who are important. My bad, my bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot Dana, I know. <laughs> with people like we're obsessed and i just feel like they just have a level of charisma that normal folk yeah. will never get and they just got rewarded for it and and you know what that's fine cash in what you got man with reese that i forgive and george has his share of things that he's produced and things as well i forgive a lot of it with the the recent stuff that she's kind of doing as far as bringing things to the forefront and producing and this and that, like the content I'm liking, mm-hmm. she's getting behind. And yeah, she's ending up putting herself in a lot of it. I'm liking when you see that she's very involved in things like Little Fires, she was involved with Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston, kind of getting that going. And 
and involved with, I don't know what they're wrong with, I was just gonna say, oh, Big Little Lies she was involved with, but she's involved with like getting these things going and she has her own little kind of production company behind the scenes where they're greenlighting things and she has her book club and trying to greenlight stories and trying to build up stories by women and all these things. And I'm liking the content. So I'm kind of like, you know, maybe that's where you should be living more. It's kind of like behind the scenes and getting these things going. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fully supportive of. But yeah. I think George Clooney actually did try to do that too. He's someone yeah. who's like, I will direct, I will produce. I don't think his directorial stuff is that great. It's it's not terrible, never, but it's not. I will never forgive Syriana. I hate that movie with a fiery passion. I forgot that was him. That's valid. I cannot get over the fact that it got nominated for so many awards. I will never forgive it. Jackie, you're so picky. You need a plot and everything. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with it. But it- it got nominated for everything and had the coherency of a music video. And I was just like, everyone just must love George Clooney that much. Yeah, they do. They really do. He gets a pass. Speaking of like forgotten films from people's filmographers, can we, can we talk about the film briefly? This Means War with Reese Witherspoon, where Chris Pine and Tom Hardy are fighting over her. And I was just like, no, incorrect. She's a beautiful lady, but that's hotness leagues were. <laughs> miles away like uh 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 she doesn't have like the sex appeal to me that like those two do versus like she's you know she's the sweet girl next door and that was not the role to break her out of that oh. yeah. <laughs> i watched it on a plane and i hated it i was like i haven't seen it in years but i definitely saw that in the theater and i definitely left being like oh that was enjoyable <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> i don't remember it at all so I, maybe I'm I didn't like it. I'm sure that I've seen it. I must have. Like I feel I like I thought with you, but I maybe I don't know. I don't remember it. It's it's definitely not memorable. Oh, I remember I remember seeing it on a plane because I, you know, refused essentially to see it in theaters. And then you're especially then back then, you know, because it came out in 2012, like you had very limited options on a plane. And so I was just like, all right, fine. And I watched it. I was like, why did I do that? You know, and even you know, they say in the air you are like more susceptible to like things. Nope. Even Chelsea Handler couldn't get you to like it. Oh God! Also, fun fun story. Uh, Simon Kinberg, uh, our dear X Men, like what was it? Dark Phoenix writer director is responsible for that. So that explains a lot. Yeah, he's not forgiven. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Also, our producer for New Mutants, film of the year. Oh, there you go. I suddenly forgave him. <laughs> I didn't realize he wrote on Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. Huh. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that he was the creator of Star Wars Rebels. What? Huh. So then the other thing that you both started watching, I've watched all of them up to like the current one is industry. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you are not liking it. Yeah, I'm not into it. I've watched it, two of them. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I can't, I can't get myself to care about the story. And I, I don't exactly know exactly like quite what it is. I know there are, are times where I don't like the way it's shot, but that's usually not <laughs> enough like not like something. But you know, it's kind of got that thing where, it's shot in a way that I almost feel like it wants to make, like the camera work almost wants to make you feel uneasy where it's kind of constantly moving a little bit, but it's like on purpose and the way they're framing certain things are kind of weird. Like in certain scenes where I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm noticing it a lot. So I don't know if it's supposed to be noticed or not, but yeah, I, I just, I'm not loving it. <laughs> and then Jackie, you saw the first one. I saw the first one and I guess I didn't pay enough attention because someone, spoiler, dies at the end of it. And I actually couldn't figure out who it was. And so I think like, I wasn't paying enough attention, obviously. So I'm not sure I cared that much. I mean, it was also the first episode. So they didn't like tell us that, like we're, we're you know, we're in this sort of financial world and we're figuring out who these people are and they don't know each other either. Um, so, you Did know- I kind of assume it was that other overachiever dude who like didn't go to his apartment for some reason. Yeah. But I wasn't positive. 
Oops. Yeah, it's the kid who was like, would not stop working. Yeah, so. and then it kind of- Does he kill himself? Didn't go his way and then- Oh, we don't know. It, it seemed like an accident to me. Like he worked himself to death essentially. But there is a part, there was a point where, if I remember correctly, she saw him, she sees him as her like across the hall mate type of thing. So like, you know- Right, because he like, he's really him. drunk and so he like comes over there or something, right? You know it was him when you see like where she looks in at the end you see him there yeah you can tell it was him you know yeah okay so that's why so i did sort of figure it out then yeah. yes yeah i don't love it but i still keep watching it because i'm like one i want to know they set up this mystery with the main character the girl the american girl in the first one where like she's falsified her background somehow and yeah i'm like how is this going to play out i'm interested sickly i'm drawn to the uh like sort of super competitive internship whatever they're doing thing because i'm like oh i came from like a very competitive world in new york and i'm used to seeing like i i understand what they're going through and i like had friends who were you know it's like oh you have to you have to prove yourself by being the stupidest about it you know be like i will show through man hours that I am the hardest worker when it's like, no, you could be much more efficient and not work yourself to death. Yeah. You have to prove things that way. Financial stuff I could I could do without. I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say that idea, I guess, it kind of resonated in a way just with sometimes how I felt at like my most recent job working for years in reality television, just kind of but just kind of in the way where the job, while it may not be as I don't know if you want to say high level or important as what you know this company seems to be doing. It's something that's, you feel kind of like, well, wow, if I don't accomplish this, if I can't get this done, then there are, there are hundreds of people lined up outside the door that want my job, that will just do it better. If I, like, you know, so you kind of feel the fear of showing the weakness, you know, because yeah. you feel, oh, I'm just, I'm just replaceable. And so that, that part, it did resonate with me. I think part of it too, because, you know, you guys remember the film, The Big Short? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really, really disliked that movie. It's not that I think it's bad or anything. I just could not, I was sitting in that theater. I was like, I can't, I, this needs to end immediately. I need to get out of here. I hate this. <laughs> I think that there's something partly that I, it could be that this world is so far out of my realm of things that I, make sense to me that I mm -hmm. think that way, like, we're working in this kind of industry that maybe it's like, I'm that shallow where I just can't even care about what's going on because it's like the, I, what they're doing doesn't matter to me at all, even though it should probably, but it just, <laughs> you know. Well, I, I think, I think they are not, I think intentionally they are not doing an explicit job of explaining what they're doing, right? What? They're being like, they, you know, they use all the shorthand. They're like, I have a trade on the wood. And I'm like, I don't fucking know what you're saying. Right. And I just, yeah. for me, it's like, oh, okay. And I just, but, but I think for me, I understand enough of the yeah. gist of like, okay, you have clients, you have, the, you know, these things you're competing against each other. They're, you know, your bosses are competing against each other. There's a whole like social hierarchy that you're trying to break into. But right. then you've got this, the most interesting thing to me is you've got this character who does not seem to get sucked into any of it. You know, she is competitive, certainly, but she's not breaking her back yet so far. Um, kind of she, with like an ease almost. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing is like, it's a highly male dominated world. And we have all these female characters who are sort of fitting into this stereotype of like, okay, well, if you want to be noticed, you get them the coffee. That's what they expect of you. And so you deliver on that where she's like, no, I'm not going to get you the coffee. I'm going to work on projects and I will prove my worth that way. And her confidence basically in herself and especially having it set up against this mystery of, I get the sense that maybe she didn't graduate college or something, right? Like she fakes this 
transcript, maybe something happened and she didn't finish. And she's basically trying to prove like she is worthy of being there without that formal four-year education. Mm-hmm. If it goes in that mystery direction, I'm very interested. But the, I could not care less about what they're grading doing. on the whatever and the shorts and the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, it was fascinating to me that I think we mentioned, we talked about it a little bit before amongst us that uh, Lena Dunham directed the first episode. But I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I was not expecting that. <laughs> and it felt very, I don't know her, I don't know, you know, but it felt just having watched all of Girls and kind of seen little things she's done and kind of followed her a little bit in her career does not seem like something I would have ever imagined she'd be doing. Yeah, I was, for lack of a better word, worried when I saw that because I saw it before I watched most of the episode Mm -hmm. or I like saw it like halfway through the episode because it, you know, shows up in the bottom of the screen. And I think it it truly colored my expectations of what it was going to be. And yes, there was, you know, the very carefree approach to hookups. Yeah, like everyone hooking up with everyone. Okay, fine. But it transcended, I think, her just style. And, and then there are other episodes directed by other people. So I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't girls, but in London with a black lead instead. Right, right. You know, so, I mean, you know, in that respect, good for her. I mean, she's, yeah. brand, you know, branching out and kind of showing she's capable of other things. I will say the bathroom sex scene. I mean, would anyone get that naked in that bathroom? Like, sure, you would fuck, I guess. But... I don't, I honestly don't know. Depends on the level of drunkenness, I think. Maybe, because it was just so gross. And it was like, oh, God, why would you be naked around that? Yeah. I don't think it's just drunkenness. I think there's a lot of drugs involved. Well, yeah, it depends on my, my, the mental state of mind. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm trying to remember. I went to, like, one club once when I was in London when I was in college because I was visiting. And I just was so fish out of water. I was like, I don't know what's happening here. It wasn't, it wasn't anything like the level of this club. But I was just like, this is not, like anything in the u.s that i've been to i yeah, don't get it yeah, i was i was at an underground like rave in prague almost exactly a year ago and uh yeah very different than what we're used to here and it's like partying until the sun comes up and it's the level of that i mean people are insane you know and so this wasn't even that insane i was just no. like I, I think we left early because i was just like i can't i don't know what's going on yeah but i think that the level uh the euro party level is is yeah. something that you know we are we we look at differently here and <laughs> you know what i mean so i uh, it's hard to say if i was born and raised and doing i don't know but it, yeah i definitely was like oh <laughs> especially in COVID times i was also just like wait but <laughs> yeah. everything in that term now but yeah it was just uh, oh i got i mean for me when the kid sleeps on the bathroom floor i was like you know not in a club but in their fancy up you know i was still like no yeah, I was like, don't do it. Like, they gave him an apartment. Yeah. I just, oh. He was just probably taking a little You're only going to be there for an hour. Go. Well, I'm going to stick with it. I don't blame either of you if you do not. But I, I think it's, it was interesting and it was unexpected. That was the other thing, right? I was like, I just heard about the show. I thought it was going to be like euphoria. I feel like maybe it's a little tiny bit like euphoria. There were essences. There were for sure things yeah. I was like, oh, okay. You know. But interesting that HBO is also like sort of putting out this programming, maybe aimed at a younger market. Yeah, yeah that's cool. true. Because you mentioned Euphoria, and I would say, like, as much as that should not be for a younger audience at all, I think that some part of the appeal around it and all the colors and all the things, whatever, kind of speak to a younger audience in a way that is that maybe it shouldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is interesting. Well, I mean, I just feel like HBO is so accessible now that it's very hard to like. I shouldn't have been watching Sex in the City when I was watching Sex in the City. But it always felt like when, when we were younger and it was like such a such a premium add-on if you had cable. Right, right. It felt like it was such the like adult channel. Right. And so <laughs> but I think I think it's still an adult channel, but they are aware of the fact that there are gonna be kids out there who have even easier access to sure. yeah. everything on it. 
yeah, and we're getting things like, you know, his dark materials and other fantasy things, and they're, and they're doing stuff that isn't even bad for children to be watching necessarily. So it's like we are kind of, it's interesting what they're doing. They're, yeah, I mean, and they saved Sesame Street, so I will always. <laughs> yeah, and they've got the Elmo thing, right? <laughs> yep. Well, we're going to have tons to cover in the next few weeks because there are actually things coming out. So thank you both for joining. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you to Jackie and Matt for that discussion. And now for a couple of quick follow-up points. So starting with the Princess Switch switched again, could not find official budgets for both of the films, but it sounds like the estimated budget for Princess Switch switched again, at least, was about $10 million, which I have no idea where it went. And as for Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, it was not a stage play, but it was directed and choreographed by Debbie Allen of Broadway and probably best known for fame. So it absolutely has that sort of stage feel. I don't think they ever intended it to be a movie movie. And then we were trying to figure out who Mary Lane Haskell is in terms of her relationship to Dolly Parton. She's the one who plays the pastor's wife. And it turns out her dad produced Dolly's movies and her Netflix series Heartstrings and her dad is also an executive producer on this film and Mary Lane Haskell also is a teacher for Debbie Allen Dance Academy so lots of ties to the Dolly Parton universe. That's not to say she's not talented and doesn't have merit on her own but it doesn't hurt when your dad is an EP for Dolly Parton. And that has been our episode. Thank you so much for joining. If you enjoyed it we would love it if you could leave a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.